Hey everyone, I'm Jeff Weld, and this is Beyond the Bin. In this episode, I sit down with Casella Chairman and CEO John Casella for a conversation as we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic. We discuss a number of topics, including lessons learned, leaning into our core values during times of crisis, and what the future might hold for our company. Let's get right into the conversation with John. So, John, when you think back to the start of COVID-19, it feels like a lifetime ago. Do you remember thinking about what you were most concerned with at that time? It's a great question, Jeff. The big concern, and that concern was for the entire management team. How do we keep our people safe? You know, especially back then when, you know, you, you had a hard time getting PPE. I mean, I had to pull relationships that, you know, I've had for 35, 40 years in, you know, one being Mark Foley at Foley Distributing to get the PPE that we needed. I can remember spending a couple of weeks just chasing PPE to make sure we could keep our people safe because, you know, as an essential service provider, we we're going to have to service our customers to make sure that we didn't have another health epidemic in terms of not picking up the trash or not getting our job done. But clearly the, the biggest concern was, you know, how are we going to keep our people safe you know, what are the procedures that we need to change to keep our people safe? What are the things that we've done for years that we can no longer do because it's not safe with the challenges that we have from COVID? So, you know, it was clearly the entire management team was concerned with how do we how do we make sure we keep our people safe so they can take care of our customers and the communities that we serve? I remember thinking back the other day about, you know, when we were thinking about doing this podcast and I remember you calling in, you know, favors from breweries to make hand sanitizer and, and Mark Foley, you mentioned, I mean, that's, that was a wild time, but you know, everybody sort of bought into it. I think the culture that has been built at the company over the years has really sort of galvanized around that idea. You know, when you think back to that time, does anything stand out as, you know, what are you most proud of about the way we adapted and the way we, you know, sort of maybe came together? When you think back on what the challenge was and how our management team put themselves in a position to protect our people and then how all of our people took care of our customers and the communities that we serve. You, you, know, you just can't say enough for what we were able to do as an organization and what the, you know, what the culture was able to do because we believed in each other. We were in, in being in, in service to each other. And that's what we have to do first before we can take care of our customers. So couldn't be prouder of the work of the entire team and, you know, the way that we were able to overcome the obstacles and find a way to get hand sanitizer to work with a brewery who had never brewed hand sanitizer before, but by <laughs> gosh, they found a way to do it. And, and we used it and it protected us. You know, it may not have been exactly the best, but it, it sure worked. So just have to get enough alcohol in it to kill, <laughs> kill, kill everything, right? Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I think We've seen crisis in this state, in this company, whether it was Irene, whether it was, you know, the COVID-19. I mean, to me, and I've always thought this, and I think, you know, it's not an original thought, but crisis amplifies the good and the bad of communities, there's, of of There's no question companies. about it. We, you know, as an organization, again, you know, you can't be prouder of the, the way that our people, you know, took to making sure that they followed the procedures to, you know, change behavior, wear the PPE, and, you know, the entire team just really stepped up. And it's, it's you're absolutely right. That's exactly what the entire team did 
during Irene. I mean, we had trucks going 24-7, getting supplies out, medical supplies, water. I mean, think of it, you know, in 2011, getting water and medical supplies to a community that's cut off from the world. It's just, it's mind-boggling to, to think that that could actually happen, but it did. And, you know, our entire team was recognized by the governor and by the legislature for the, you know, efforts that we made as an organization, both, you know, the waste company and obviously in particular the construction company during that period of time. So same thing holds true with COVID and and the way the entire culture from management to everyone in the organization stepping up to do their part to make sure that we were successful in taking care of our customers. Was there anything that stood out that, you know, in those early days where we realized, oh, wow, we, we, we may have a deficiency somewhere, we need to ramp this up? You know, we just had to lean back on core values and make sure that, in fact, you know, we were first and foremost being of service to each other. But clearly, when you think back, you know, fortunately, we've been doing some work. Frank and Ned and the IT team had been doing work from a remote standpoint. You know, we were smart enough immediately when that happened to order the equipment that was necessary. There were a lot of things that people did just through the ordinary course of their business, understanding that we couldn't do anything wrong if we were trying to support getting our people in a place where they could take care of our customers. So it means, you know, those those core values were the the, the guardrails, if you will. So, you know, people were making decisions, buying equipment, doing the things that they need, not asking permission to do things, but getting it done and getting it done within the core values that enabled our people to, you know, to act and to be proactive in terms of making decisions that were going to help us to get the job done and keep our customers taken care of. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I, I think we all sort of feel the world opening back up. We feel some sense of normalcy coming back. What's it going to take, in your opinion, to get us to that place where we feel, hey, this is normal, this is, we can, you know, put it behind us and, and move us forward? You know, I, I think that it's a real challenge for everyone in, in, in including ourselves in terms of the vaccination, right? It's, there's a lot of different viewpoints about that, but I think the facts still remain that we need to get to a higher level of vaccination. The vaccinations are not perfect. There's no question that they're not perfect. But the one question that is answered is those people who have been vaccinated are going to be a hell of a lot better off than those people who have not. And if you look at what's happening from a hospitalization right now, most of the hospitalizations are coming from people that haven't been vaccinated. And I don't think anyone is saying that, you know, if you're vaccinated, you're free and nothing's going to happen. I mean, I think that, that it's clear that the vaccination is 100%, but the vaccination will keep you out of the hospital and keep you off a respirator. And that's half the battle in my mind. But it's a, you know, it's a personal thing. And those people that have medical reasons 
reasons. We certainly understand that and, and respect that. But if you don't, then it's it's something that, you know, you really got to think through, not only for yourself, but your family and for, for your fellow workers. Because if you don't get vaccinated, you can spread it. And you're putting yourself, your family, especially those folks in your family that are older or may have some sort of, you know, issue from a health-related standpoint that puts them more vulnerable to the virus. So it's a real challenge. There are lots of different perspectives on it, and we respect everyone's perspective, but you can't argue with the data. And when the data says that now we're in a situation where, in fact, the majority of the people now that are being hospitalized are people that haven't been vaccinated, and those that have been vaccinated may get COVID again. It's, it's, we've seen it, but the symptoms and the reaction to it are much less severe, and those people are not likely to be hospitalized. So we've got to get our vaccination rates up. We've got to do that as an organization so that we can get back to normalcy. You know, we can't have just 50% of the population vaccinated and expect to get together and and carry on events and, and celebrate a lot of things together as an organization that we'd like to do. We've got to get to a higher level of vaccination so we have some herd immunity and we don't have to put ourselves at risk because the last thing that we want to do is put ourselves at risk ourselves, right? And create that situation where we end up with a lot of people out of work because we had to get together and we got a lot of people together and we're only 50% vaccinated. It just doesn't make any sense for us to put it. After all that we have done, after all this organization has done to take care of our customers, we can't put our head down now and say it's over because it's not. Yeah, It's not over. We've got to keep our head down. We've got to be diligent. We've got to do the things that we need to do. And I understand that some people have different perspectives, but my God, look at the look at the data, look at the results. If you don't believe me, look at what's happening in terms of hospitalizations right now. Yeah, it's really for me that that's sort of what stands out. We've you know, whether it's a, your state, whether it's your your household, whether it's you know, the the people around you that have worked so hard to get us to a certain point only to see Gosh, if we could just get over this this one hump, maybe we'd be there. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's like anything. You know, we just have to keep being diligent and, and do the things that we know matter and, and allow us to get to that point. One of the things that obviously we're challenged with, and I think everybody is dealing with very similar things, is this whether it's a worker shortage or a, a fear of going back to work or a, a not needing to go back to work, you know, how are we dealing with worker shortages and, and hiring challenges here at Casella? I mean, what are we doing to be proactive against those challenges? It's another really great question, Jeff, and it doesn't only relate to the pandemic. I mean, I think going into the pandemic where the economy was with unemployment, where it was with the the way the economy was growing prior to the pandemic, we were feeling those issues. And a lot of credit to Kelly and the HR team. You know, as an organization, we recognized uh, a couple of years ago that really we needed to do something more as an organization in terms of career development, particularly. You know, as an organization, I can say clearly that we, you know, over the years, 
you know, we had done some work in that area, but we hadn't done what we really needed to do in terms of career development. And Kelly has done that. I mean, he spent the first year of his career at Casella building a, a career path for drivers, a career path for mechanics, doing that for the sales group. And, and we need to do it for every position within the company, but we made great progress in building a career path at Casella for drivers and mechanics. So, you know, if you come in as a real low driver and you do a good job, you're safe and you really want to move on, you know, we'll train you as a front load driver, a roll-off driver, a swing driver, a trainer. And through that period of time, you can go from, you know, $16, $17 an hour to $30, $35, $35 an hour at Casella. And, you know, depending upon how long you've been with a company, even higher. So that career path is in place and it's really served us well. We still have a lot of work to do. You know, we built our own CDL school with Bill Bapti, and, you know, we can train up to 8 to 12 people at a time. And I think we've put 25 people through that school so far. We will pay for the CDL, which is, you know, about a $3,000 value. For somebody coming out of high school, we changed our own policies in terms of hiring folks from 21 to 18 years old. So we can take people coming out of high school that aren't going on to college. So we're doing a lot of things to, you know, to impact. It's the same thing with mechanics. You know, if you come in and, you know, you get your electrical, you get your hydraulics, et cetera, and you keep moving through another training program and getting those additional services, obviously you're worth more to the company and you can continue to advance your career. So, you know, the first time that someone gets an offer for 50 cents more an hour, they're not likely to go if they know what their career path is going to be over the next five years at Casella. And, you know, I think that those programs are really going to help. And I think that uh, the training program in terms of the CDL school, and we want to do that in other states as well. So we want to attract as many people coming out of high school. And you know how to do that. You did that before <laughs> in your career. So, you know, we've we've got marketing, you know, we've got your team, Jeff, working with HR to figure out how do we attract, you know, those folks coming out of high school. And, you know, they can, they can build a great career without having $200,000 worth of debt that they have to contend with. So a lot of work yet to be done. The problem isn't solved. I don't think that we're going to solve it. But, you know, the other thing is, you know, having a culture where people want to come to work, right? We're on a path now where we're, you know, going to move to, you know, $15 an hour. We have very few people under $15 an hour. And by the end of 2021, we're going to have everybody, you know, at that level. You know, we're moving in that direction anyway because of the competitiveness. We need to be competitive in each market. And so, you know, being competitive from a market rate standpoint, building a career is probably equally, if not more important, to be able to see what your career can be at Casella. And then having a company where you want to go to work, you know, have, having a company where, you know, where people are really excited when their peers succeed around them and even more excited when they've helped them to succeed. So that's a good place. That's, we want to be a, a great place to work. Yeah. And I think about like the CDL school and I've, you mentioned my background in higher ed. I've talked to quite literally thousands of 17, 18, 19-year-old kids, they don't always know what they want to do. And for them, oftentimes it was like, well, I'll go to, I'll go to college, I'll go to community college and, and see. You know, what we're seeing is when we talk to those same kids in a tech school setting or a, or a high school setting where maybe they, they don't know, they know they don't want to go to college, this is a real opportunity for them to come in 
It doesn't matter that you don't know what you want to be when you're 25 years old at Caselli. You can come in as, as a CDL trainee. Maybe you spend some time there and then you realize, hey, there, there are amazing leaders in this company and you can get on a leadership path. I mean, think about like people like Nicole Klein, who's gone from a salesperson to now in, in a training position where you know she's going to be one of the, the foremost leaders of our company at some point. And that's a... That's something she's that, going to run her own division, right? Exactly. You know? I mean, it's, those are those yeah. are things that we we see every day, and I think even a little bit take for granted, right? Like you know, oh, that's so. Yeah, they're great, and we know those are opportunities that exist virtually every portion of this company. That I think they don't that doesn't exist. I mean, everywhere. you just think about what you know, Chris DeRoche has done in terms of customer care. I mean, I think he's trained more people going throughout the company. Sometimes he, he gets a little, you know, uh, <laughs> he, yeah. he gets a little edgy about it because he seems to be the training ground yeah. for very, for many departments. Yeah, he'd within rather, the, he'd rather be the, the end of the funnel than the beginning of the funnel. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, we're seeing that as, as we grow that muscle a little bit and, and talk about it a little bit more that people don't necessarily, we have 2,500 people that work in this company, right? And they don't all drive a truck. So there's a lot of different things that happen here. And I, I think that's coming, coming to fruition and, and yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really exciting about it is that now with Kelly and the work that he's doing from an HR standpoint, we're, we're paying attention to that. You know, as I said, as an organization, we probably should have done that years ago, but over the last two or three years, we're really beginning to spend a lot of time and resources on how do we develop careers? How do we help people develop their career? What is their path at Casella? How do you advance at Casella? And it's become a part of our core values. It's something that was always there, but there wasn't real programs around it. And now there's, you know, Kelly is putting real programs to it. And it's really important too, because one of the exciting things about where we are now is our opportunity to grow. And we are growing. You know, when you look at the growth that we've had over the last few years, the acquisitions that we've done, you know, the people that we brought into the company, that's why it's a journey. There's no destination. We'll never get there because we're constantly bringing new people into the company. And, you know, we've got to you know, lay out for them what the expectations are in terms of core values, how we treat each other. We're not going to get it right every day, and everybody in the organization isn't, but we're going to, we got to work at it every day, especially when we're bringing new people into the company all the time. It will, you know, it's a journey that we're on in terms of helping everyone know what the expectations are to be a part of our culture and to be successful. If you want to be successful, that's the path that you have to be on. Got to be happy seeing other people succeed and, and, you know, even, even more excited when you've helped them. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's interesting to hear. I, I see it more and more, you know, you read more and more about businesses getting on a, a ESG path or a triple bottom line path. And, and I sort of joke about it, you know, that's, that, that always used to be called doing business at Casella, right? <laughs> I mean, the, we bet, okay, now we're going to put a name around it. But I think, you know, when you think about you know, almost a 50 year path as an outsider for a number of years in Rutland County, you know, watching the company grow and change and, and move. And you certainly obviously been being here since the beginning. I don't think I've ever felt like it was, there was a destination in mind. And I think that's a, you can say it, but I think a lot of people in the organization just feel it. And I think that's something that people gravitate towards when they're looking for career opportunities. 
Absolutely. I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. You know, I, I think that uh, it's clear that success that we have had is a function of the leadership, the, the entire team. And, you know, from management right down to throughout the entire organization, because it takes all of us to get the job done. So when we think about, gosh, we hope we put this pandemic behind us here in the near future, and you read stories about this organization or that organization saying, well, we'll never go back to the office. We've seen remote work. You can't drive a truck remotely. Sorry. Right. Those <laughs> yeah. guys, you know, so remote work isn't probably a realistic opportunity for most people in our company. You know, what have we seen over the year that you say, hey, we're never going back to that. We'll never there's no need to do that anymore. We should keep well, it the way it is. You know, I, I think that we've learned quite a bit coming out of the pandemic. And think about the entire organization. You know, not only can you not drive a truck, you can't handle recycling, you can't handle organics, you can't. You know, there are so many things. The transfer station's got to run. There's so many things that we do that, you know, we're going to continue to be in a situation where, in fact, we're going to be in the public to get that work done. So there are things, as, as we indicated before, that clearly are going to change. And I think that the way that we've got to do that is, you know, we can have more people working virtually. We can take advantage of that and not have to have as much real estate as an example from a customer care standpoint. We can have some people working from home, working remotely that have demonstrated the capability to do that very productively. And it gives us, you know, more of an envelope in terms of those people that can come to work because there is a little bit of flexibility there. But at the same time, they're going to have to come to the office. Reason being, they need to be part of the culture. They can't, it's, it, you know, we don't, we're not going to build the company and continue to build the culture remotely. So, you know, we're going to see everyone come back for periods of time, you know, but we're going to have a bit more flexibility from a virtual standpoint on the go for it. As an example, I mean, I think uh, we've had this conversation at the board of directors. Our board meetings for the last year have been virtual. We're going to probably end up with one in-person meeting from a board standpoint, maybe two, depending upon the needs. There may be needs from a budget standpoint when we go through the budget and then maybe one other meeting. But instead of having all of our meetings in person where that costs quite a bit of money for travel and for meals and for overnight stays and things of that nature, we'll eliminate that. We'll become more efficient. Even as a board, we're not going back to the behavior that we had historically. There's no reason to. We were very effective in getting the board meeting done virtually but it's great because we want to we need to get together we need to get together for the for that culture for the camaraderie we need to you know we need to and and for the same reason people are going to need to come to the office we're not going to have people just working virtually but there will be more flexibility from the standpoint of working virtually than we had prior to the pandemic yeah hard to have an open door policy and a a pop-in to see how the kids are doing when you're working all at home, right? Yeah. I think that's a huge part of, certainly on our team, understanding the whole person and and, and understanding what's going on on the day-to-day helps build that team camaraderie and, and work well said. Well, John, I don't have any any other hard-pressing questions for you today. I appreciate uh, the time. I, I know our listeners always enjoy hearing your thoughts and insights on 
any wide ranging number of topics. Anything else well, that, that you want to? You, know, you know, Jeff, it's it's really an exciting time at Casella. I mean, again, take my hat off to everyone for the for the work. I couldn't be prouder of the work that we've done through the pandemic. And when you think about it, we've continued to grow the company through that period of time. So think about not only getting our work done, but a lot of people are doing double duty that, you know, are just, you know, out there doing a great job, not only getting the work done for our customers, but really helping to grow the company. So it's an exciting time at Casella. And again, couldn't be prouder for the work that uh, everyone is doing to make sure that we get our customers taken care of in the communities that we serve. John, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Well, thanks for the opportunity.